Welcome to another episode of AKA Pads, the Film Buff Podcast. Episode 566, we're doing Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans, and I'm your host, Peter A. DeLuca, aka Pad69, and known in some circles as the Eclectic One. What is up? What are we doing? We're talking, I'm still talking, I skipped a week, guys, I'm so sorry I skipped a week. Got super busy, got uh, locked into doing a lot of YouTube videos and drawing, uh, those were my two priorities coming back from vacation and I know it's been a, a, a couple weeks now but every single day I'm taking notes I'm watching movies we have so much more coming to you tonight uh, a quick streaming reminder or streaming news hopefully you'll you'll listen to this 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 Monday evening but going into Tuesday Tuesday July what's tomorrow July 25th Transformers Rise of the Beast will be available on Paramount Plus. I hope you watch it. We will be discussing it tomorrow. I'm hoping to do back to back drops. Episode 566, right here, right now, is The Fablemans. And episode 567 will be Titanic, the final movie I <laughs> I watched while on vacation. Uh, and, and by that, I mean during the flight flying over the uh, big giant blue ocean. Uh, this movie, though, uh, we, we have to get right into it. We have to get right into it. Because with a budget right here, I, and I'm looking on my phone. I usually have uh, a computer in front of me. With all, with all my screen, so I can quick reference information. We don't have that right now. We're improvising a little bit. Budget for this movie, $40 million. For a period piece, it is well spent. For a cast, for the performances, for the look, the music, the feeling of this movie, the $40 million is well spent. Box office, 45.6. Now, we have Seth Rogen... We have Michelle Williams. We have Michael. Uh, we we have Paul Dano, who you know we know him as the Riddler from the Batman. We got people to market this movie, name wise, actor wise, actress wise. We have Steven Spielberg, the filmmaker, the filmmaker of film filmmakers. We have a biopic, and I grew up in the generation, just like Dawson Leary from Dawson's Creek. We grew up with Steven Spielberg, so we read those initial articles and biographies and picture books. The lore of Steven Spielberg, the lore of him being a childhood filmmaker, uh, recruiting his family, doing all of his resources, ending up on the Universal lot, Getting on episodes, I believe, of Twilight Zone or Outer Limits, and and then doing his own TV movie. I no, I'm sorry, it was Columbo, but you know, Universal lot, Columbo, Duel, uh, straight to you know, it was a TV production. Sorry, <laughs> Sugarland Express, and then Jaws. That's the path. That's the story path. And along the way, we knew that his parents were divorced. We knew that there was potentially some family strife. Me growing up in New Jersey, you had to know about Steven Spielberg if you were growing up. Because coming from Jersey, the two filmmakers that you had direct contact with or a, a direct line of uh, you know, notoriety, it was, it, it was Kevin Smith and Steven Spielberg. Uh, you got to 
say, I live in the state that Kevin Smith came from. I live in the state that Steven Spielberg came from. But no, we know, like you know, the the Spielberg lore. You know of his story. So it's fitting that uh, a movie that got Academy Award nominations, uh, critically approved. It, it's it's fitting that in his later years he made this movie. It's actually uh, of inspiration. It's something to aspire to, uh, to eventually tell your like your story in your chosen medium. Remember, Steven Spielberg didn't choose to write a book or get a book with a ghostwriter. He wanted to tell his story in film, a high-end film. We have to say, like the the money showed up on screen. This film, through and through. And I, I'm I'm setting up a, a caveat here. I'm letting you guys know I'm a Spielberg head. But I did stop watching this movie. I stopped watching this movie roughly, I think, an hour and 20 minutes in when our protagonist, the young Steven Spielberg, discovers how his mother is cheating on his father. His father is portrayed as a sympathetic guy. This is a gotcha. This is a revelation that anyone who has seen more than one movie sees coming. Uh, because you know something's going to break up the family. And eventually, it's the same as like any mystery. Uh, and, you know, Scream, the, the Scream movies uh, bank on the audience being aware of this. Like, they bet on it. If you have a movie, let's just say it's seven characters. And you're going to have a mystery. Here's your seven characters. You can subvert expectations, you can divert some of the narrative, you can be creative, scene to scene to make the audience's uh, attention drift, go in different directions. But relatively, what you have to remind yourself is during this mystery, during this uncovering, one of those seven characters will be your guy or your woman. In this movie, it's not even seven characters, it's relatively three adults. That are featured in this movie. It's pathetic. It's pathetic that. He went this route. He's a creative guy. I don't understand. And then. The bigger idea. Is. And I remember seeing like interviews. And and seeing her. uh, I believe she was by his side a lot. During the Schindler's List. uh, Rollout we'll call it. But Steven Spielberg's mother was was very, uh, you know, in front of her son when it comes to his his media. I don't under, I don't, I can't think of a time that I saw Steven Spielberg's father uh, on a new story, new segment, or like an Entertainment Tonight feature. I cannot, but his mother I can, and his mother was is there is is promoting her son singing. Singing her son's praises, helping her son sell his story so that we, through those stories, connect closer to his movies because they're really, you know, like it's it's not the art and the the art and the artist. You don't separate the two. That is an antiquated, lazy position. Maybe we'll do something on that later. But during this movie, during the Fable Man's. He spent $40 million to throw his mother under the bus. And when I realized that, 
when that part of the movie, uh, it came like when I realized it just it came over me, and I just stopped, and I put on our previous episode, five sixty five Jumanji the next level. I just couldn't do it. Uh, I just put on something that I thought would be fun and feel good, and I got it, and it worked. No son throws their mother under the bus. No one with respect does that. Now, here's here's the other fun fact that we forgot about Steven Spielberg. His household, his family structure is so well put together that his daughter and all their wealth, affluence, protection, all of those things that money provides still has to do porn. Still does porn. That's their household. So it's not perfect. And nor should it be. No household is. But this, I believe this is very telling. And it upset me uh, for, the, for the idea that I felt sorry for the people who aren't familiar with Steven Spielberg's story. And his own mythology and his own lore. I feel sorry for those people because they see something like this and they accept it for all that it is. And there's no other side to it. Now, I know that the movie has, I believe, a feel-good, a happy ending. I'm not interested in that. Uh, It's just, I can't recommend Fablemans. I really can't. And just to kind of, just to build the idea of where I'm at with Steven Spielberg's filmography. Let's just start 1971 Duel made-for-TV movie I just spoke about. Duel. 1971. Great. 1974. Sugar, Sugar Land Express. Great. 1975. Jaws. Great. 1944. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Great. 1979. 1941. Underrated comedy. It's good. Then we have Raiders of the Lost Ark. Great. E.T. Great. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Great. Color Purple. Great. Empire of the Sun. Great. Always. Disrespected, but great. We have Hook. Disrespected. Great. Then we have... 93, maybe the greatest year of any filmmaker in Hollywood history. We have Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. 97, we really have the first complete miss by Steven Spielberg. Jurassic Park, The Lost World. But also in 97, we have Amistad, more Oscar bait. He really, he tried to to recreate his own success that he had in 93, four years later. Amistad came with a thud. It, I believe the way how I would classify Amistad, it's a great courtroom drama. It really is. The uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Jamin Hansu, the photography, especially in the beginning of that movie. Uh, that movie fires on all cylinders, but the 90s were what you could argue the most competitive year in Academy history. Amistad is there. It's underappreciated. 98, Saving Private Ryan. 2001, we have the collaboration with Stanley Kubrick, AI, Artificial Intelligence, and something interesting happens here. We miss the ending of the movie. We really do. 
2000, even though, like, I've come around to AI, but we do miss the ending. Minority Report, at this point, underappreciated, great. Catch me if you can, great. And here we go, 2004. War of the Worlds, great. But the ending, same problem as as AI, artificial intelligence. Then we have Munich, all right? Thud, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, thud. Adventures of Tintin, thud. Warhorse, thud. Lincoln, thud. Keep in mind, I, I got 15 minutes into Lincoln. Bridge of Spies, thud. The BFG, thud. The Post, thud. Ready Player One, already forgotten. West Side Story, Two years ago, already forgotten. Fablemans will go the same route as The Post, the other Oscar bait. West Side Story, more Oscar bait. It's great to nominate a Steven Spielberg movie for the Oscars. It really is. But guess what, people? I just view this as trouble. I view this as a cry of desperation. If you go through the last 10 years of this individual's filmmaking... I hate to say it, and you're not supposed to do it. You're not supposed to crap on Steven Spielberg. You're you're supposed to give him the benefit of the doubt. I tried with this one. Couldn't do it. AKA Pad here, the film buff, signing out. Rock and roll, guys.